0: And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Here's a question. Did you know an all-bond portfolio can earn up to 6.88% yield? As interest rates plateau and eventually begin to drop, Betterment is offering the BlackRock Target Income Portfolio, a 100% bond portfolio that can be a smart alternative to cash. Here's a couple more reasons why you may want to consider BlackRock Target Income Portfolio. First, it has four different yield targets to choose from based on your preferred level of risk. Second, it's built by BlackRock, one of the world's leading asset managers managers. And third, while it's still an investing product, it's generally less risky than stocks alone. But did you really hear anything after up to 6.88% yield? Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Learn more at betterment.com bonds. As of 4-19-24 for the aggressive target income portfolio, blended 30-day SEC yield is the weighted average of 30-day SEC yields, standardized calculation for each ETF in the portfolio, net of fees 0.25%. Yield is not performance investment returns may vary investing involves risk including loss of principle betterment not blackrock is responsible for its advisory relationships with clients when it comes to your finances go for the credit card that's always there for you with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep that means no more waiting for quote normal business hours just to get a hold of someone We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Sunday, May 23rd, and we are airing the second part of our interview with Dorothy Brown. She is the author of The Whiteness of Wealth, How the Tax System Impoverishes Black Americans and How We Can Fix It. This is the part of the interview where we really start diving into different aspects of the tax code that have always felt patently unfair to me, but I'm not sure until I read this book how much the the disparities impact people of color. And so I am so happy to bring you the fantastic Dorothy Brown. Here's part two of our interview. Black millennials' wealth is sliding. Now, what's I think important about this is this can really bring us to the conversation around education and higher ed. So I know you're in higher ed up to your eyeballs. Don't slam your institution of uh, that's paying your bills. But the system of how education and loans and how this has developed has really disproportionately hurt people of color. Can you explain why that is?
1: Yes. So we see that black Americans leave college with more debt than white Americans. And over time, the disparity grows. Part of the problem is Pell Grants have not kept up with the cost of tuition. So we have a lot of low income black Americans who go to college. Sixty percent of black students who start college do not finish and they leave with debt. So. The racial wealth gap has a significant piece of it due to the racial gap in debt between black and white Americans.
0: The gap that exists is not just the poor people who actually go for for profit institutions. Yes. That that, that is a, we know that that has been a place where so many places prey on. Yes. Uh, lower income people, people of color, everything. Okay. Right. But what you lay out is that no matter at what level right. that black graduates are not getting the most out of their education and, and even grad school. So even your your cohort right. are not making as much money as the same person with the same designations and your fancy degrees.
1: The white person is getting paid more. Why is that? Racism in the labor market, right? So research showed when you had resumes of a black guy from Harvard and a white guy from Harvard applying to the same positions, the black guy had to send out more resumes than the white guy. And when the black guy was offered an interview, it was for a lower paying position. Racism in the labor market is very real. Black college graduates are more likely to have more stresses on their income than their white peers. Black college graduates are more likely to send money home to their parents, grandparents, and other family members because those family members, those parents experienced Jim Crow, didn't have the same wealth building opportunities. Their white peers, on the other hand, are more likely to get money from their parents.
0: What's so fascinating is that when you think about that, that like trickles down to so many different things, right? So I'm here I am, yes. I'm hosting a podcast and I say, put money away for your retirement, yes. do this, do this. And then I say, oh, you know, why aren't you putting enough money away? Yes. And the answer may be, I'm still helping my parents.
1: That's right. And,
0: you know, I, I find myself in a weird situation, which is, you know, often it's, it's a lot easier for me to say, hey. Dorothy, you got three kids, I get it, it sucks, but you're not going to be able to put away for college right now, you got to concentrate on yourself. It's very different to say, hey, Dorothy, um, (laughs) I know that your parents are struggling, and they're in their 70s, but uh, you still got to put away money for yourself. So there, there's only so many dollars available. So that means that many of the really professional and high earning black people are still helping out their family members,
1: right? Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And that really does hurt their own retirement prospects.
1: It hurts their retirement. It hurts their ability to save for their children to go to college So the cycle will be repeated. It pits grandchild against grandparent.
0: I want to talk a little bit about another thing in the tax code that could be changing, but drives me insane. (laughs) And it's called the stepped up cost basis. And so... One of the things that has always exacerbated wealth um, between those folks who have a few dollars, not even like a ton of money, and those who don't have like investments or they don't have a a house is that when you have somebody who dies – under the current law, the asset that that person inherits steps up the cost basis. So no tax has to be paid. By the way, doesn't it drive you nuts when people say, well, it's already been taxed. But if you sold it during your life,
1: you'd have to pay tax on it, right? And yes. However, if you sell your house during life, you don't have to pay tax. Up to half a million dollars a gain if you're married escapes right. taxation, right? So, so the problem is people don't pay taxes on it. <laughs> exactly.
0: And, and so- Talk a little bit about how, you know, from it's so so weird. It's sort of like we go from birth to like your earning years to your college years, right? Your college years, your earning years, your retirement, and now we're at death. All of this gets more pronounced. What's happening at death that exacerbates the issue?
1: What happens at death is let's say grandma dies and leaves you property. Grandma paid $10,000 for the property, but the property today is worth 100,000. So you get the property and you turn around and sell it the next day. Well, what's your gain? Is it the difference between 10 and 100 which was never taxed? Or is the difference between 100 and 100? And our tax law says the difference is between 100 and 100, which means you have no gain. You get a basis in that inherited property equal to the fair market value when you get it. So you turn around the next day, sell it for $100,000, you have $100,000 of cash tax-free. That's how wealth is transmitted, and we see the racial wealth gap just growing.
0: And of course, tax-free, it's like music to the ears of any financial planner, right? It's like, whoa, yeah, that's fantastic. Now, this also could be changing, the idea of a step-up in cost basis. So are you encouraged by the proposed idea around changing some of the structures for the
1: wealthiest. Not everyone, but it is the right. wealthiest on this yes, one. Yes, I am I am encouraged by what I'm seeing out of the Biden administration uh with respect to tax policy proposals. It's you're you're absolutely right. It's really for the high, high, high end. But there's an argument that, you know, once the camel's nose is under the tent, you can start lowering those income levels. So I am cautiously optimistic about President Biden, I'm not optimistic about Treasury.
0: Oh, by the way, everyone listening who thinks that Dorothy's like in the tank for the Dems, can you talk a little bit about your Republican foray?
1: Yes. So I became a Republican when Dukakis said that he didn't want Jesse Jackson campaigning for him because he was afraid he was going to turn off voters. And then Dukakis did an about-face when he looked at the polling data and decided he was going to let Jesse campaign for him. And I said, okay, the Dems aren't good on race. I'm done. I cannot be in a political party simply because of race, because they both suck. So I went to the Republican (laughs) Party because they are the party of smaller government. And I said, well, the government's pretty racist actor. So let's just get him out of the business. Well, fast forward to Barack Obama running for president. And I worked for him, not worked for him, but I worked on the campaign, getting out the vote and switched back to the Dems. And that's where I am now.
0: Okay. So let's get back to the tax system right now. If you had to pick three top priorities, the Dorothy Brown platform for how to fix this? What are the three most important things that have to be fixed? What should people know about those things?
1: First, the IRS needs to publish statistics on race. And the reason why I'm pessimistic about Treasury is they've done nothing on this. The president signed an executive order on racial equity, and many government agencies have stepped up. Treasury has been M- MIA. All they do is issue press releases about talking to some civil rights group. They do nothing. Hmm. So we need racial data published by the government. Second, we need to tax income from wages at the same rate as income from capital gains income. From Amen. Stock, right? That's that is an absolute must. And the third thing is whatever tax reform the Biden administration proposes needs to have a racial impact analysis accompanying it. No longer should we ever have tax discussions without racial impact discussions as well.
0: And it's so core to this country about fairness and. That yes. I think what is important, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm white, I don't care because it's I'm, I benefit from it. You yes. don't actually. I mean, you do benefit from it. But like if we had a fairer system, it would be fairer for everybody, for yes. people all over the income stream. It just so happens that it's becoming has become glaring. Even just uh, I remember I did an inequality piece for CBS Sunday Morning. And, you know, when I looked up that data around the median net worth, it is ridiculous. It's (laughs) 10 times the level of net worth for white versus black. And that's not good for a society. And it's not good for capitalism,
1: by the way. It really isn't. It isn't. And I will also tell you that the marriage penalty impacted black Americans more than white Americans because black Americans are more likely to be in those dual equal earner households and white Americans are more likely to be in single wage earner households. However, There was always a percentage that my research found of white married couples paying a penalty. So there were white couples that were being harmed the way that black couples were.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening. These have been two great episodes. I encourage you to check out this book if you have any interest in the tax code. She's so smart. Dorothy Brown. And if you have a question about your own situation, your own financial situation, the different aspects of how your taxes are impacting your own life, send us an email askjill at jillonmoney.com. Ask jill at jillonmoney.com. And you can always hop onto the website, jillonmoney.com, and hit the contact button. Thank you so much for listening. Wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain that physical distancing and try to do something nice for someone else today. Have a great Sunday and happy birthday, John. Talk to you tomorrow.